Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Hi. <laughs> Hi. The weirdest way to start. What if we just, I match that and we just talk like that really. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm Roy Scovel. This I'm Ruthie Wyatt. the podcast with Ruthie Wyatt and Hi. Roy Scovel. <laughs> Us even just talking like that, that is what TikTok is to me. And I know, <laughs> look, I know there's young people out there. I'm a 40-year-old dad, okay? And I didn't get Snapchat, so I got off. And I said, this will be the last app I ever try. I'm out. <laughs> and then there's TikTok. And I'm not here to shame TikTok. I hate those people that get older yeah. and they just shame everything they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to say I don't get it and it scares me and I'm worried. TikTok is my Elvis and I'm a grandparent when Elvis was becoming famous. And TikTok is my Elvis. TikTok, TikTok <laughs> is shaking its hips in too sexy of a way for you. TikTok is too sexy for it's me. It's too sexy for you. <laughs> Whenever I picture people saying that Elvis was too sexy, I picture like that classic scene in a movie when like a parent and their kid are standing in front of a, a big display of TVs in a TV store and you see Elvis shaking his hips on TV. Yes, and people and stop to away. look at it. Mm-hmm. I have seen TikTok. And the reason why I know what it is because I really got into Vine. I loved Vine. Uh, see, that... So I'm curious then, like... Okay, because look, I will confess, I love TikTok. And I'm a 39-year-old non-dad who yeah. has made several TikToks that... And the thing I like about TikTok is that you can make the videos using all of the tricks and then you can save them to private so that and only China can have that information. Exactly. Only. And you have music. You can use popular music too, right? Yes, I think there is an entire universe of hilarious people out there making such funny, fun, fucking great videos. Then there's some that people are like famous on TikTok for just like doing a smile and they just always do a smile. And that's when I'm like, what are we becoming where that's enough? And also, I know. Why can't that be enough for me? Why can't I just smile and. People go, his teeth are okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's a B minus, you know? I'm not saying I don't like TikTok. I'm saying I I don't understand TikTok. 
But everyone is on it. Well, I also like part of my job is social media at Team yes. Coco. So I do have to, you know, I do have to know what the things are and what the trends are going to be. And we've always kind of jumped on whatever the next thing is and try to just figure it out. But then with this one, I was like, oh, I'm actually having a lot of fun making because you could like duplicate yourself. So yeah, quarantine, I was, you know, feeling kind of lonely. I needed to be on a dance floor and there's a feature in it yes. where you can clone yourself to make three or five of you. And so there was like a couple nights here in a row where I was just That's like, what you did for my my birthday video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was just like, I'm totally delusional <laughs> and I'm on a dance floor right now with six Ruthies, which sounds totally egotistical. But I was like, sounds look, great. I've got my friends. Sounds great. <laughs> it's who, me. That's who you want to hang out with yourself. That's what quarantine is all about. <laughs> it's like More losing you my time. Fucking mind. I for someone who doesn't even know what TikTok is, when someone showed it to him, I'm like, so people just kind of dance and in they all know the dance. Like, no part of my brain was like, they learn the dance. There's a dance. It's like, it's oh, like, my friend and I learned the dance. Like, How does everyone know the dance? No, <laughs> there's full on YouTube tutorials. So here's why I already like Vine. Vine is six seconds, yeah. and there's no rehearse. I mean, uh, maybe people are rehearsing, but <laughs> there's no. Look up a video, learn. TikTok is already too much work. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. For me. <laughs> I understand. And then again, you know, I just, I didn't think Elvis should have been on TV. I just think when <laughs> you move your hips like that, uh, what are you saying? Too sexy. Too sexy. <laughs> it was way too TikTok, sexy. TikTok, if there's anything to take away from this, folks, before we get to our guest, is that TikTok is just too sexy. <laughs> but uh, our guest today is absolutely... A fantastic person and oh, artist. And I love her. She is a the co-owner and artistic director of Dynasty Typewriter, which is a, a theater out here in Los Angeles that is absolutely incredible for supporting independent artists and independent shows and helping people figure out their stand-up and elements of their craft. You've seen that theater in uh, Adam Sandler's special on Netflix. She's also a mother to two children, and she hosted Nerdist Network's Pop My Culture podcast and Earwolf's Totally Mommy. Why wait any longer? Let's TikTok right into it. Start your TikToks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> give it up for Vanessa Ragland. Vanessa, how are you doing? Yeah. Good question. It's the kind of question that gives one pause. Um, yeah. I, I feel like we're fine, and I have a 11-month-old and a 6-year-old, and everybody's good. We're all good. Yeah. But my husband and I are both trying to work full-time, so we're doing two hours on, two hours off. And two kids. Yeah. You fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Someday they'll tend to each other. Yeah. That scares me. So, two kids... God, I hope it's I'm not so just adding many. anxiety it's and stress. So it just terrifies yeah. me. <laughs> you know, people say this, and I have a question because actually with one kid being six and the other kid being 11 months old and there that being that kind of a separation, do you think that's maybe easier than if your eldest was like three years old oh, and this yeah. kid's 11? I don't, yeah. yeah, like he's I able mean, to help out, right? Yeah, and he were very lucky to have a really nice six-year-old who is um, so pleasant and fun and loves his sister and also like talks more than any person I've never met. I mean, I've Googled like, are we okay? Because there's a, an amount of talking that's happening, but she's kind of an audience to him. And um, I wasn't interested in having another kid until he turned four. And then I was like, yeah. oh, maybe oh, there's wow. a reality where that could be a thing. And then he turned five and I was like, yes, 
This is a thing that what our do you family think it do. Do you think it was like the the starting to see like, oh, this is this we can accommodate this. We can actually facilitate <laughs> yeah. these two these two separate lives and and balance it. Yeah, there they're these humans, right? And we care very much no, about them. No, no, no. There's no evidence of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have reason to believe. <laughs> but I think we both, my husband and I wanted to be really present, even though we're both working full time. And so it's like a little different than that. We both had one stay at home parent growing up. And okay. so already there's a little shift in, you know, making sure we're providing the right kind of support and we wanted to be super connected. And so I didn't feel like, I truly didn't feel like we had the bandwidth to have lives and have another kid. Like I couldn't imagine having the emotional presence and the patience because I want to be really patient as a parent. And um, I didn't, I didn't think I had access to doing that for another person. But then at five, something really clicked in terms of like independence and, um, and also like, oh, this person, we have accidentally or somehow created another nurturing human that yeah. is is like a part of our team now, like m- moving on to our team. So it's three against one. Is you, what just, <laughs> you just said the most relatable thing that's ever been said so far in the history of this podcast. And that is the <laughs> sentence, I wanted to be a patient parent. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Exactly. You, know, you you set goals and then you yeah. reevaluate. Yeah, you set goals and after the first quarter, just the first quarter, you're already like, okay, what were we thinking? Patience is way out. This is yeah. unreasonable. Yeah. How, so you're at your house growing up. You both came from uh, one parent staying at home. Was that your mom or dad that was at the at the house regularly? Yeah, yeah we both had a very. Uh, like typical upbringing in terms of stay-at-home moms, like really sure. smart moms that like at your whole life, you think like they want to stay home with me to be a mother. And then you become like a little older and you're like, oh, society. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> made yeah. them do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, then, and then you're like, oh, she doesn't actually love me. Right. She yeah. has yeah. to like yeah. stay here. No, she I'm like, a sacrifice. me. Yeah. I'm her yeah. handcuffs. Yeah. I yeah. am her handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Am I the problem? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were both our mother's problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we had dads that had like very typical kind of jobs that were yeah. out of the house. Do you yeah. think that kind of, uh, I'm going to say traditional because it's, I don't know if traditional is the right word. Because to me, sometimes when we say traditional, it's it's almost like you're saying the way it's supposed to be or the yeah. way that you wanted it to yeah. be. Traditional doesn't feel like. The no, right I mean, word, but I felt like I was problematic the way I was just saying, like, we have very, t- <laughs> what I wanted to say is, like, we're like very lucky white people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That right. all this, all the stars aligned that gave our parents the opportunity for a father to make enough money to support a family yes. right. and enough pressure. So it was a happy childhood uh, for both of us. We both like really hit the jackpot in terms of really kind people. But uh, yeah, when you look back and when you're a grown up that's like, taking in the world and and realizing like the million things you took for granted or didn't yeah. do it, it's definitely a different lens to yeah it's, like the things like oh my mom would have been great at jobs of course yeah um yeah i always wonder too how it would affect their 
personalities because in that, let, let's just say traditional, agreeing that that's not the word. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But, admitting uh, that we are. <laughs> yeah, admitting yeah. that that shouldn't be yeah. the word. Yeah. But in, in those kind of households, and I feel like a lot of like, boys becoming teenagers, becoming men, like this idea in their minds, like, well, you you have to go to work and you have to provide for your family. It's almost this weird sense of pride that you're providing for your family, which I agree should kind of be on and a part of everybody's kind of psyche to be like, yeah. oh, I'm pridefully providing for this family I'm helping uh, but that particular dynamic, it's I always wonder if it like forces these kind of relationships with dads who are like, oh, I just got off work. Leave me alone. Or these dads who are like, oh, I get to be away from my family for a whole day like that structure. I think about it so much because I think there's dads in history that are like, I don't want to fucking do like they probably were. like, yeah. I just want to be at home with my kids and like, yeah, well, hang my dad out. is like. I think becoming a parent for me, and you don't have to become a parent to go through these, you know, like mental waters. But for right. me, it was a big turning point of really reexamining my parents as humans, right? Um, and like my dad is really smart guy, tried a lot of business stuff, had a very typical job schedules. But in his retirement years, they have moved to like more mountainous area in Virginia. And my dad, who's always loved to play guitar and stuff like that, is now like doing open mics like five and now he's got like five oh, wow. gigs at wineries and, <laughs> oh i love it and like my mom like there's these that women is so in traditional town that, that is so traditional larry is just larry's having a renaissance and there's like women calling him a silver fox and it's getting my mom excited oh. and like but it's oh my I don't god think, I think are they joining had, any sex clubs have they even considered that I don't up think in the so. mountains you can get so. into that culture. It's a lot of so. um, gray-haired, like, openness <laughs> in this community. Yeah. But yeah. I think that, like, I always had issues of understanding my own worth. And I think sons would go through this, too. Like, you want to emulate, yeah, oh, a dad does this or a woman does this. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I had a hard time feeling like my parents would ever be okay with me working and especially like they support the arts but they are not artists in the way that like they would ever risk things right. sure. there's like there's a level of sort except of, now your dad is well now larry's yeah. got bit by the bug um yeah but yeah. Did they, like, <laughs> they kind of saw it as like extracurricular but it can't be your base kind of thing i think and i have like tried to articulate this yeah i do think there's a lot of weird stuff around like wanting to pursue art and wanting to pursue a living that is not traditional, that you kind of, it rubs up against the texture of what you're growing up with and, and trying to like, oh, am I doing yeah. okay? Like, am I, like, I can look at our life and wonder, is it as um, adult as like my sister's life, which is more traditional? But then I think, yeah. well, I'm glad to live around so many different kinds of people and to have, be around challenging ideas. Yes, and like, totally. it, it does look different, but I think that the character it's building is wonderful. You know, I think I get what you mean because I think our blueprint vision idea of what an adult is supposed to be gets imprinted in our mind in our youth 
and it becomes a sort of repeated pattern of like in a TV show or in a movie or, uh, you know, or going to your friend's house and you go, oh, these, this dynamic of parents is kind of like my house. And like, I, I think you then go, oh, that must be what it is if you're an adult, which makes you think that now while you're very much an adult, you still are like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm not really an adult because I'm still, I have a job that I like and I have fun doing it and it's very self expressive. And I don't like, and, yeah. really care about the laundry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, like, <yeah. laughs> I'm sure, I, I keep waiting for that day to come when I'm like, damn it, <laughs> <Yeah>. the wife's <laughs> up. But I just don't care. I just don't care. It's a threshold. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I want to ask, like, as a parent, you and your husband, do do you feel like where you're at, what you've learned, how you're doing it, are you surprised with how you're parenting? Are you doing things where you're like, I never thought I'd turn into that person who is kind of like that. I always thought I would be a cool dad who totally was on the level and just got it. And I am such a lunatic. My wife has to like, She'll be like, you know, our daughter's four. Like, what you're yeah. talking about makes no sense to her. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I'm still like slowly giving up some of myself to meet my family in the middle. <laughs> I relate. She can't do 20 push-ups, Rory. Relax. <laughs> I. Uh, it's so funny. I even did a um a parenting podcast for when my son was really young with Elizabeth Lame. Um, and it was so fun, and I love. I truly love being a parent to my kids. Like I love our relationship and it brings me such joy. But in the same way, I don't relate to being a parent, if that makes sense. Like I don't have any identity foot in being a mom or, um, and that's what I'm like, when does that happen? Because I'm, Definitely the mother. Uh, but, like, <laughs> well, I feel like I'm, we should get this checked. We should check on yeah. this. <laughs> uh, so I think that's one thing is I always, I guess I thought I would be more like in an identity of a mother. And I still yeah. feel very much like my, my regular self. I feel like I am still as mature and immature and I care about the same things. And I'm very like too frank with my son a lot. I think maybe in the way you were describing, like I, I get into these spirals and my husband has to be like, Whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't want to mess anything up where I remember when my son was two, he like was putting, it seemed like he was going to put something in his butt or something like that. <laughs> like he had a toy and I was just like, Oh no, no, no. We don't put things in our butt unless, well, you, you know, 
Uh, life is so crazy, Oliver. And whatever I want you to know, there's You're no a little shame. bit older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I just and John just walked in. You could be like, it's okay to say we don't put things yeah. in our butt. Like we could say that yeah. now. Yeah. But I like, but I get it. Yeah. I know I get it when you're like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. Like that's not the sound. You don't want to plant the wrong seeds. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. he's like 18. He's like, I don't know. I've always felt shame about wanting this <laughs> yeah, thing because yeah, of yeah, my but mother. He's in my butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of those moments and I I think that I didn't see that. Also, like my mother always had a home cooked meal every night and it was very her her life was super structured around caretaking and almost to a point of like not being as available to the family, right? Because your life is like meeting the 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 dinners on the table like this, the uh, cleanup the is schedule. like this. The house yeah. is like this. And I I am so shocked. My husband is not a cook. I n- like to cook. But I don't like to cook as a parent. Like, I don't want to take... I would so much rather play with my kid and have a whatever dinner than spend an hour stressed out about dinner and have pressure around the food consumption and then the cleanup. So, like... We're like that, yeah. I think that's a sort of... It's made up. It's made up. And that's sort of a surprise to me that, like, my husband cooks most nights and he doesn't really... Like, we don't care. We eat... We like good food and we go to good restaurants and every once in a while we do a really special meal that we cook. But in general, like our life is a lot less structured than I probably would have imagined. I mean, we have structures and boundaries, but things like dinner and um, yeah, and general like things that I just associated with like a normal life are, are way less like I want to make sure we're connecting with each other and um, and trying things as a family and really enjoying each other. And I think my parents are always like baffled <laughs> about our eating habits. Yes. <laughs> right. They are always yes. like, if we come over, they're like, well, we were going to, they go, everything is around food. And then like, but you yeah. don't eat like that. You guys, <laughs> you guys are more Mediterranean. <laughs> Oh my God, God, I relate to this accent oh so God. much. It Love actually made parents. me feel good to hear that. I was like, ah, oh, home. <laughs> but they're doing it on like Monday. They're like, well, we were thinking about having this for lunch on Friday. Oh, and it's Monday. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And I think for my husband and I, we both realized like, oh, my God, we have so much trauma about like food planning. Like, yeah. Yes. I remember when we first got married and my husband ordered a Coke at a restaurant. I was like, and it was my mother's noise because you're not supposed to order a soft drink at a restaurant because it's too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And then like, you had that knee-jerk reaction of of what she would do. Yeah. 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 And I was like, well, are we rich? And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. God, it. I wish that was your first date. He's like, oh, my yeah. God. Who did I ask out? Oh, my God. Coke? All right. I'll get an RC Cola. It's 20 yeah. cents cheaper. Thank you. I mean, um, that traditional, uh, there's that word again, <laughs> traditional, yeah. with your mom, like, the, the house should be this way and all yeah. this stuff. I secretly, deep down, I think I kind of want that role in my family oh. where, like, every day it's like, is the house order because I have an, an OCD where like I want to fix up each room and clean it every day <laughs> and then if someone's like and then you gotta have like food I, I don't know if I'd be so good at the meals but I fantasize that I would like really get online and really be like oh on Wednesday night they don't even fucking know what's coming because I'm gonna do <laughs> soup dumplings and they're gonna go when did you learn soup dumplings I'm gonna go don't you worry about it like oh. that's how I picture oh. I, I, that will never be the case but deep down I think that's my fantasy which makes me think that 
maybe in my past life that I, that's who I was. Yeah, I, you were I, I obsessively clean. I was like yeah. a badass housewife. <laughs> I think I was just a bad one. <laughs> I don't but, know why oh, I, I have know that as my fantasy. I fail. I don't do the decorations. Like my mom always did up the holiday decorations. We don't have yeah. room to store those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels so impractical. I'm psycho about cleaning. I hate clutter. I organize yes. Legos for therapy. It is the most <laughs> beautiful two hours of the night. Everybody goes to bed and I am sorting pieces by color and category. But yes. like the thought of trying to store a pumpkin garland is like, I can't. I couldn't possibly. Yeah. Pumpkin it's Halloween. Gar- Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a million percent with you. I think it all the time. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. slowly winding down here but I love you're running a theater and you're raising two kids yeah if you're anything like me I constantly look at myself and I'm like oh I'm just a clown but then deep down I'm like well no this is actually a really hard job to do yeah. I'm and a clown that deserves <laughs> respect yeah. Yeah. my own insecurities right. <laughs> like I just had I've had people say to me like in talking about our jobs well they'll go well I have a real job and I always be like I think I I don't think you're aware that I also have a real job and I think you don't want to admit that maybe in the game of jobs I won the competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Which well, sounds I know Jamie so and I but. like all we do on our I mean we're working so hard the quarantine of course not ideal for live venues. Um, I think it's no. the most ideal situation <laughs> yeah. for a theater. <laughs> we're thriving. But it's like somehow we got we've we're doing okay and we are like, you know, zooming every day and like laughing so hard and making up stupid songs and then trying stuff. And I do think that parenting and also any kind of entrepreneuring or like artist hustle, like you're so used to like the hustle and the unexpected and being like, well, I'll figure that out because I have to. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, that this is, yeah, certainly not ideal. And I don't mean to minimize the really sad stuff that's happening. Sure, of course. But no, but I think because of that, you guys have found all those creative ways to like keep all of your fan base and all your audience base engaged with what you guys are doing right now. And just because we can't be in the theater doesn't mean that people don't still want to like hear your guys' voices and the people that you're associated with and that Dynasty's associated with. Yeah. And people are still, Mm -hmm. it is lovely to see how much people want to connect. And I think, um, I'm sure you guys are seeing that too, but it's not ideal for a stand-up to perform on Zoom. It is not ideal uh, to be trying to figure out how do you live stream, how do you... Like, this is the moment where it can feel very vain to be in the arts, right? Because you're like, I'm supposed to tell jokes now? Yeah. Um, well, if also, you're a comic... Yeah, we're supposed to tell jokes now. Yeah. yeah. For comics who bomb all the time, Zoom shows are so ideal. 
<laughs> it is like if you've gotten on stage and you've never gotten a response, it's like, oh my God, you would love Zoom because you won't hear and you'll never know and your confidence you will be soaring the Zoom. whole time. But if you need to hear a laugh, <laughs> if you need to know the audience is there, you're gonna have a tough, tough time. But having Dicey Typewriter, was that always like a a goal in the back of your mind that that one day you were like, I want to be, I want to have my own theater. I want to have my own my own space. Like I don't I've, know. I I think I had kind of limited dreams growing up. I didn't feel like that. I always loved writing, and I um, studied writing and theater in college. And then after college, I went to Virginia Tech. I did a year uh, towards a master's in poetry, and then I got married. (laughs) I think opposite. (laughs) I didn't have a plan, is what I'm saying. So Anyone who's getting their master's in poetry, they have a plan. (laughs) That's a savvy businesswoman. (laughs) I think I always saw myself writing and working with people. I always loved collaborating and, and, and doing bigger projects and performing. And then I kind of pursued acting because... I had my degree in theater, but I'd never planned on being like a um, capital A actor. I thought I would probably be a theater professor or something like that. Um, and then I started meeting people in L.A. that were like normal people that were actors. In my mind, it was like movie stars were I actors. Know. Right? I know. You know? Yeah. And yeah. then you meet people that you're like, oh, these are kind of like people like me. And they're yeah, they're like funny and normal and and working. And um, yes. And like have families. And- yeah. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> like- and they're stupid and they're not like obsessed with. Yes. you know how they look or like the machine of it they're just like they want to get a job and they it's that yeah. it's that genre of actor that doesn't get really any attention as to like you know no one no yes. one elsewhere in the country or world is like interested in the actor that's like yeah i'm just a normal person i i'm able yeah. to act but then i also just have these kids and i coach my kids soccer team and people are like oh i don't want to hear that I want exactly. to hear that you have paparazzi and you flick them off. Yeah, where's your sex daily? scandal? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want yeah, to know yeah. about your sex tape. Like, well, I don't, but I know how to run a, a four-four-one with my kids' soccer team. We do a flat-back four defense. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. You don't really know that that genre of of actor exists. Then when you realize they do, you're no. like, oh shit, maybe They're I could pull this off. Then you're like, oh wait, that's the dream. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. And I get so- to get paid for doing my art but I can still go to restaurants like, yeah yes great sounds really good and at that point yeah. my parents became convinced that like I wanted to be famous which genuinely I have no interest in that nor have I ever but I do never want to have like what I consider to be a real job and so yeah Jamie yeah. and I started producing stuff together when he moved on from west side and I went on to do a lot of stuff at groundlings um, but the whole time we were producing stuff at the improv and beyond and putting on shows and our our passion for that and the vision of like how how we would do things differently from a lot of the places we were working with yeah. sort of started to gel in terms of like oh maybe maybe we could do that and um, yeah. so yeah I don't think I ever would have predicted it but when I look at all the interests of the past and stuff like that it's like oh this is a good I, I feel really like you were it heading is, towards it yeah it was like the dream job yeah. I didn't even dream for myself. Yeah, yeah. Dynasty Typewriter is such a cool, interesting space. It's interesting because when you're there, you can tell that it's like the type of theater space that doesn't have like these rules or restrictions of like what you're supposed to be doing. And it doesn't have this. And to me, this is the the most important part of it is that it doesn't have this vibe to the performers of, hey, you're lucky we're letting you be here. 
Because some places oh, yeah. have that. We all yeah. know that. And when you're there, you're like, oh, God, this isn't, I don't feel fun. I don't yeah. feel fun. I don't feel funny. I'm like what sort of embarrassed for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're just kind of like, oh, oh, well, did I not say thank you I, yeah. and bow down when you walk back here? But that's what I yeah. love about Dynasty typewriters, that it's not, it's like this, yeah, come on in, try it out, whatever, who cares, have fun. It's not this like, if you fuck up. We will find you. We'll find you outside of this theater. I love it. I love it oh, so much. Thank you so much. And Ruthie and I your don't. Team, I, I know Ruthie's been really against I, us. I hate yeah. it. It just it's cold. It's yeah. dark. It's depressing. That's the thing. And you know, I and because that, yeah. we're co-hosts, I yeah. kind of have to support her. It's not yeah. good. It's not a yeah. good okay. space. It's, it's, okay. it's awful. Yeah, no. yeah. Ruthie ran a very successful smear campaign against us, and um, yeah. this is just another leg of I that. Took out yeah. billboards. <laughs> <laughs> We're arch enemies. <laughs> okay. I was waiting okay. for it. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's absolutely wonderful. And, 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 and I'm not a, I've never performed there, but have produced shows there and worked there. And like, it's such a great place to collaborate and a place that you feel almost instantly like, Oh, am I a part? I'm a part of this troupe as well. <laughs> you know, like even as a person stepping in just for one night, you know, oh, well, once we're a month. obsessed with you, Ruthie. And we have cornered you more than once. Ruthie has been um, a very kind audience to Jamie and I being like, you know what we want to do? We- <laughs> you support us. <laughs> well, I'm obsessed with you guys too. I think, <laughs> okay, whatever. We'll start another podcast. Or- I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> and then I'll be the guest. And I, yeah. right? Can I still be in it? Are you going to shit smear us? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's my okay. angle. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. Vanessa, thank you so much thank for, you so for much. joining Wonderful. our, our Thanks show. Thanks for having me. What a delight. Yeah. I'm so grateful for you guys doing this and putting happy things in the world. Yeah. And it's fun to admit you're a parent in Los Angeles. I know. <laughs> you guys are awesome. good ones. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, guys. Bye. And stop your TikToks. There we go. That was Vanessa Ragland, ladies and gentlemen. Is she not absolutely just fantastic? So fun to talk to. I just love her as a human being so, so much. And I actually miss giving her a big hug. So I can't wait to do that again. And if you guys want to give her a digital hug, you can follow (laughs) Vanessa on Twitter at Vanessa Ragland. Uh, As we said before, Vanessa co-owns and is the artistic director of Dynasty Typewriter. So I don't know if uh, you want to throw them some love, but they also have some representation on social media. Check them out. Uh, because during quarantine, they're offering amazing classes, live stream shows with great comics, and an ever-growing souvenir shop. Check it out at DynastyTypewriter.com. I got my Dynasty Darling pink sweatshirt, so uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of Quar merch that I've bought during this time, <laughs> and definitely to support those guys, because they're amazing. That's our show. And we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. And Dad's the Podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and me, Ruthie Wyatt. Our executive producers are Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton and Anya Jeshik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty. And as always, you guys can keep up with Dads the Podcast by following us on Instagram at Team Coco Podcasts. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show. And you know what? Just give us a review even if you didn't love the show. Just be brutally honest with us. That's the way you want to be in the holiday season. Tell friends. Rate, review, subscribe. Help us out. It's a huge benefit to, to everybody, and we greatly appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and we will see you guys back here next week.
This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.